Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. We're going to get in the Word for a little bit tonight. I'm really excited about what I'm going to be sharing tonight. So uh, let's have a word of prayer. Help me welcome um, our other locations right now who are tuning in on the broadcast. So glad that you're with us. And, uh, and just a great, great, we're in a great season of revival here at church. And uh, we're just excited about what God has in store for us. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, help us to lean into your word, God. We thank you for the word, Lord. We thank you that your word gives us life. And uh, God, just give us ears to hear and hungry hearts as uh, we just gather as a family here tonight and uh, talk about some exciting things in front of us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Um, Before I get into what I want to talk about tonight, I do want to remind everybody that Wednesday, May 9th, say Wednesday, May 9th, that is going to be, we're going to take communion that Wednesday night. It's going to be the first time that we've taken communion together as a church since the Good Friday Passover service where you guys know what happened there and how powerful that was. And so we're really excited about taking communion together as a church family. It will take up the entire service. It will be way, way different, not only in how we've ever done it, but probably how you've ever experienced it before. I'm telling you, Jesus is going to show up. It's going to be powerful and uh, it's going to be beautiful. And so, um, so there's a couple of things because it's very, very important that we do this in the right way and we do this in the sacred uh, way. Um, What we're doing is we're having people reserve spots. Now let me explain this. It's it's not tickets, it's it's reserving your seats, okay? Because we want your children to be in here, we want the youth uh, to be in here, and there's only a certain amount of people with the way that we feel like God has led us to do it with the heavenly pattern that we feel that we have, um, you know, we can, we can probably serve about 2,000 people, okay, and doing it the right way. Anything over that is, uh, is gonna be difficult. So what we're gonna do is if you go online, I think it's our, our internet is down or our website is down, you can go on the app tonight. But if you are able to make it that Wednesday night for communion, just uh, go on the app or go online and reserve your spot. And here's what happens. When it fills up, we're gonna, we're gonna do another one. We'll, 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 we'll let you know about another night and that, that's like in a couple of days or something like that and we'll let that fill up. Is everybody following me? It's very important that it's not chaotic. It's very important that we do this right. It's very important to the Lord that we honor him so that the Lord's table can do what it's supposed to do in our lives. Can I have a good amen to that? So, so, um, we don't know how many services we'll have to have to do it, but we're going to, um, it's May 9th. It's going to happen. Awesome. 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 All right. What I want to do tonight is I just kind of want to lay out, uh, some of the patterns that, uh, that we're going to be moving into as a church and kind of, kind of give some context for where we have been and where we are headed and uh, really kind of put some definition around what God is doing 
in our church. And first of all, I want to say this, you know, that uh, this year has been amazing, right? And it's kind of been, we've been on this nonstop journey with God since January. It's hard to believe this all started back in, in early January with awakening. And now um, we're getting into the latter part of April. And it's just amazing what God has been doing. Um, and this revival has been amazing. However, I want to remind everybody that, that we are not a revival center. We're a church. We're a church that's experiencing revival, but we're a community of believers, okay? And, and God spoke to us at the beginning of the year that revival is about restoration, okay? Revival has a mission. And many times, um, you know, people look at what God is doing, and that's important, but you also have to look at what God is saying, okay? And Jesus is about his church being on mission. And so really in these, really these last few months, especially these last few weeks since that Passover night, um, uh, you know, really what God has been doing is kind of deconstructing some old patterns that we've had and some old mindsets that we've had. Uh, and he's done that so he can bring in kind of a, a new pattern and a new mindset. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Okay, first of all, just to remind everyone, or if you're new to Celebration Church, uh, yes, and that's what we're gonna talk about, the lost essentials. I didn't see that up there, but I wanna remind everyone of our mission statement. Man, y'all are giving away the stuff, man. Come on, y'all need to get out of the third heaven and get back here and, and follow me on this, all right? Look, this is our mission statement. This is out of Matthew 6.33 you know, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that you need will be added unto you. This was a powerful, powerful scripture that God spoke to me in my life right after I got saved. So our mission statement is off of that. Of course, it lines up with the Great Commission. And we say this, we're leading people to experience a God first life. Okay, that is, that is still our mission here at Celebration. However, since January, and especially since uh, the Passover encounter and that Passover service that we had on Good Friday, we're, we're, uh, we're leading people to experience a God first life. I would just say in this season, we're gonna do it at a deeper level. Okay, so kind of think of, of that mission statement, kind of think of an umbrella under it. What we wanna do is we wanna unpack that at a deeper level. And what God has shown us is, is that, you know, revival is about restoration. What is restoration? Well, re restoration is restoring what was lost or bringing back, you could say this, uncovering uh, the original intent. In fact, I think I have some definitions of restoration up here. Put the, look at this. Revival brings restoration. Look at these definitions. Restoration, the act of returning what was lost to a former condition, place, or owner. How many of you know Jesus owns the church, right? So watch this, put, put a few more. Look at this, the process of repairing or renovating a work so as to restore it to its original condition. So I want you to think about the book of Acts and the early reign and the latter reign. What restoration does in its fullness is it brings things back. Like restoration is not a new thing. People have asked Stovall, what, you know, wow, it's an awesome new thing God's doing at celebration. No, it's, it's really an old thing. <laughs> it's an old thing. 
God says, return to the old ways where it's good. It's going back to the original intent of some things, some essentials that, that even though they're right in front of us in scripture, somehow they've kind of been lost and we've lost the meaning. Let's, let's look at a couple of more of these. Look at this, the reinstatement of a previous practice, right, custom, or situation. And the next one, this was interesting. Look at this. The return of a hereditary monarch to a throne. Come on, we're of the bloodline of Jesus, right? To a throne, look, a head of state to government or a regime to power. I'm telling you that we're heading into the day, you know what, where Jesus truly is gonna be the senior pastor, not only of this church, but of every church. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He's the head of the church. He's the shepherd of the church. He's the pastor of the church. And, and we're called to follow him. We're not called to, to, to substitute things into his pattern whereby to weaken or kind of cover up the original intent or power that he wants to have. And so these are some of these things that we've, we've, we've seen God do in communion and water baptism and some of these other things that they have such a deeper meaning and purpose than, than many of us even knew about, okay? And so revival brings restoration, okay? So if someone, this is just, you know, I'm asking, this is our church. If someone says like, hey, what is this move of God or what's going on here? what we would say is, well, well, this is really just about God restoring some of these essentials to his church so that the church can come in to the fullness that Jesus wants it to have. It's about fullness. Well, what about all the signs and wonders? Signs and wonders are a byproduct of fullness. What we need is the revelation of Jesus. When we have the revelation of Jesus, we, when, when Jesus, when Jesus is here, when Jesus is glorified, when Jesus is really lifted up, when Jesus is trusted, when Jesus is put forth, when, when we have that, everything else falls into place. And so what there are, there are some what we would call essentials, like crucial essentials that have to be in place so that, so that the fullness of the church can come into being, the fullness of the church, the fullness of the revelation of Jesus. Okay, so what I wanna do is, and I think there's scriptures up there, uh, Revelation 19.7, do we have those up there? Look at this, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the land has come, lamb has come, and look, and his wife has made herself ready. That's the bride. The bride, watch, it's our responsibility to make ourselves ready, okay? Ephesians talks about that Jesus is coming back uh, for a church uh, with, with the bride of Christ without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Listen, that has nothing to do with sin. Our sins are atoned for through the blood of Jesus. He loves us no matter what. The bride is beautiful to him no matter what. Spot, wrinkle, or blemishes are on the garment. Do you see? The garment is our preparation. The garment is us being ready. How would you, just think about it, if you went to a friend's wedding and everybody was all prepared and the groom and everything was ready and then the bride came up and her gown had like a coffee stain on it and it was torn and it was wrinkled, you'd be like, man, don't, don't you love the, groom, aren't you 
Do, do you see? You see? So here's what these essentials do. These essentials, it's kind of like the bleach to get out that spot. These essentials are the iron that gets out that wrinkle. Are you following me? These essentials are the sewing machine that gets that tear out. These essentials are what prepare us to be ready, okay? Look at uh, uh, Romans. This is, this is deep, kind of, look at this. For I desire, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant for this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until when? The fullness of the Gentiles has come in. When the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, what happens? And so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, okay? And so watch this. Some theologians would say that the fullness of the Gentiles is a number. That is not at all what that means. It is nowhere in the Greek. It is nowhere in the text. It is nowhere there. If you look at that word fullness, I'm gonna show you it again in the Bible in just a second. That word fullness, it means to come to a full measure. It means that the church, our church is Gentiles, we come into a fullness, a maturity in our relationship with Jesus, come on, where even Israel would look at the Gentile church and we would provoke them to jealousy, are you following me? And that would cause them, we would understand the covenants. We would understand the fullness and the meta-narrative of Genesis to restoration and the redemption plan of God through the Messiah, Jesus. We would have that going on and that's gonna provoke them to, to return to the Messiah and be saved. So I'd say it's a pretty important mission for us, right? Okay, let me give you four things. Are you ready? Okay. Number one, I'm gonna, I wanna talk to you about these four lost essentials, these four pillars that we have in place, that we have to have in place for fullness to happen. Here's the first thing, okay? The lost foundational pillars of ministry. The lost foundational pillars of ministry. Look at this, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It says, so Christ himself gave, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Look, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature attaining to the whole measure of what? Fullness. The fullness of Christ. Now watch this. Here's what, I'm gonna go on and show you this again, but I want you to see this. Okay, what is the governance structure of the church that is absolutely essential for ministry to be effective for all of us to mature, for all of us to be in unity, and for all of us to come into this fullness. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers, and in that order. Are you following me? So let me tell you where a lot of the body of Christ is today. We've totally cut off the head, the apostle and prophet. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. 
We have so many divisions and denominations, and you know what's it's inverted. You know who's at the top? Teachers, which God bless the, the teachers. But watch, yes, God bless the teachers. <laughs> However, God has a divine order that brings health and safety and fathering and wholeness to the church. And if we invert that just because we're uncomfortable with what these mean or what these say, or we've seen the prophetic abused, or we've seen the prophetic out of order. The reason that the prophetic has been out of order is because there hasn't been the apostolic fathering in the church to bring safety and to bring order. So, so they're out doing their own thing. No, the prophetic should be in the church, not crazy, not weird. It should be safe and in order. The church was built on the apostles and prophets. That's what the Bible says. And what we have now is, especially in the West, it's inverted. It's upside down. You have heads of seminaries trying to speak into the local church. This is how you should look. This is what you should do. This is what you should believe. No, no, we, we've got to get back to the essentials. Do you see? It's right in front of us. And it says we can't have fullness, maturity, or unity without this order? So what do we think? Watch here, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll just be honest with me, okay? So here's kind of how I looked at that. I thought, well, you know, the prophetic can, you know, we kind of do that in the preaching. Um, it's kind of a, just a word of exhortation and encouragement, edification, and, you know, the apostle, that, that means church, that means sent one. So that's like a church planner. So yeah, I, I would say I'm at, but you know, other, my friends, if, if you plant churches or if you have multiple campuses, that's like a sent one, you know, and, and it just kind of all works out that way. No, no, it doesn't. The apostle is fathering. And that's why, listen, we're in a, what, what's God, what has he been doing? And what does he say has to happen until before uh, the day of the Lord? He's gonna turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Father, and you wanna know why there's so many young people, so many ministers out there trying to find identity, trying to, to, to get self-worth out of social media and compare themselves to this pastor and that pastor and questioning their calling and all that because they've never had fathering in their life to speak affirmation and to speak calling and to speak, are you following me? Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? I could stay on this one. So watch, so watch. So let me speak to, to, to all of us. So here's what I'm gonna do, just so you'll know. We're just gonna go until about 8.20, and then part two will be on Sunday. But this is all really important stuff. Is everybody hearing me on this? Okay, so, so, so this is so, so important. So like today, I would say this, there's, you know, there's so many pastors that are laboring under a yoke they were never called to labor under. It's, it's a burdensome yoke. And what 
helps them get the right fit, the right yoke, is the fathering that speaks affirmation into them. Think about what Paul said to Timothy. Paul said, here you see the apostolic fathering and you see the prophetic. And by the way, I'm gonna ask that all of us, whatever we've associated in the past with apostle so-and-so or prophetess so-and-so, whatever you've associated that, here's what, I'm, here's what I'm not gonna allow. I'm not gonna allow just because things have been misused or abused, I'm not gonna change the name of the words in the word of God. If we did that, we wouldn't have anything. What was I talking about? <laughs> Paul and Timothy. What did Paul tell Timothy? He said, Timothy, stir up the gift that I activated in you. It was in you. Gifts and calling God without repentance. It was in you. But I activated it in you through the laying on of my hands. Laying on of hands, that's another thing we're gonna to get to. See, everything in the body of Christ is done relationally. Everything is done relationally. Because of that moment when Timothy, see, watch this. Whatever that, if Paul activated the pastor, preacher, whatever was spoken to Timothy as in the call of God, do you understand that? That wasn't in the Bible like this. There's not a chapter and verse where it says, Timothy, you are called to do this and you are called to be that and you are called to this and that and da da da. Do you see? That's why the prophetic is so important. It takes the specific word of God for your life that of course has to line up with the written word. But when that is spoken in the atmosphere of faith over a fathering component, it's deep calling unto deep and a deep deposit is made into your soul. From that day forward, you know what? Timothy might've had fear. That's why Paul said what? God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. He might've had fear. He might've had challenges. He might've had pain. He didn't ever have to doubt his calling because his spiritual father spoke that into him in a moment of prophetic affirmation. Is somebody feeling, I feel the Holy Spirit in you. So here's how that works in the church. Did you see all those young people up here? Did y'all see all those young people? You know why this altar is so big? Because at this altar is where a lot of this fathering dynamic, and I'm talking mothering too, is gonna take place. You know how it's gonna take place? It's gonna take place with you. You know how many of these young kids down there, they're, they're, they, some of them don't even have parents. Some of them, they, listen, they come to this church and get saved. We, we baptized a kid, uh, the other, he was terrified to go under that water, water. You know why? Because his parents are active atheists. And he knew what would happen to him if he gave his life to Jesus. You know what he did? He went under the water. So watch, watch. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Until his parents get saved, which one of you men is gonna come down to this altar when I, when I, as the father of this house, as we have a time of ministry 
which one of you men is going to come down when that young man is up there and speak words of encouragement and affirmation over him? Are you following me? Men, I'm telling you, you better get ready. I got a job. We got a job to do. It's a big job. So there's the apostolic office. There's the apostolic council. There's apostolic ministry. See, it runs deep in the church. There's the office of the prophet, okay? Many of you know, if you've been coming to our church for a while, you know that my wife, Carrie, she's very, very prophetic, okay? Very prophetic. But the office of the prophet, it's like that office in a church, what they do is they set order for the prophetic to happen. And then we recognize gifts in people, okay? And there's training, and we call that out of them. You can see a lot of it happens in uh, worship. Do y'all see how prophetic Marie is? She's very, she's very prophetic, you know? And so, 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 and then of course, there's, there's, I'll get into all the, this later. I could go for a while on this. Keep going. Then we will no longer be infants. Wow. Does, wait, let me get this right. Does this mean if we don't have this proper order in the church that we're infants? Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Why? See, what, what, what's going on? The teachers, it's inverted. Well, it's this and believe in this and it's this theory and it's this and that. And let's find one little, one little thing to argue about and your church shouldn't be doing that and your church shouldn't be doing that. You know what it's like? It's like a couple of fruit trees and this one has five oranges and this one has three oranges and this one say, you need to do it our way because we have five oranges and you have three oranges. We should have fields of trees with millions of oranges. Are you... Because you have to have the fathering. You have to have the order. Where order is restored, blessing is released. These are lost essentials of ministry that keep the church in infancy when God's called us to fullness. Okay, blown here and there by everyone of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Look, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body, look, I love this, joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. We can't love if we don't have this order. The reconciliation, but the, yes, there's vertical. What about the horizontal? Y'all wait, wait until we take communion as a church family. You wait you're going to see. Just wait. Oh, man. Uh, keep going. Now you are the body of Christ. Okay, this is Corinthians. Look at this. And each one of you is a part of it. Each of us are a part of it. Each of us. If you saw in Ephesians chapter 4, that whole order is to equip, equip you to do the work of the ministry. Do you see? Well, pastor, I thought you did the work of the ministry. Well, I'm, I'm, I, at, 
fathering, I set it in order so that you could do, you do it. You have a call of God. You have a purpose. You listen, listen, there's, there's when, when we're functioning, right, there should be not one just spectator. You're going to know who you are. You're going to have ministry here. You're going to have a purpose. You are going to be taking God. Listen, whatever you do in the marketplace or wherever you are, ministry has nothing to do with whether you have a title or whether you work full time at the church. We are all ministers of reconciliation. Every part, every single joint, every ligament, every person. Look, it says, in, look at this. And God is placed in the church. What? Second? Third? And it's also talking about pastors and evangelists in there. So watch, watch. Everybody say then. Miracles, gifts of healing, helping, guidance, different kinds of, t- Watch. You want to know why we're not seeing miracles or we're seeing miracles. You know why we're not seeing them in more fullness? We don't have the order. It's just right in front of our eyes. It's right there. The fathering component of the church That's why, man, the devil, he attacks the home. The devil attacks the father. The devil attacks men. He wants to make, make society look at men as abusive and all of those things. And yes, there's plenty of bad We all know, okay? But here's what I'm saying. We serve like we sang tonight. We serve a good, good father. We serve a loving father. And, and, when there is security and safety in a church where there is not control, but there is empowerment, where there is, there is security and not insecurity from the leadership, which is my job and our job, then that fathering heart of God should flow all across the body of Christ, all to our kids, all to the next generation. I'm talking you moms better get ready to pray over some of these young girls and you dads better get ready or you men better get ready to pray over some of these young men. I'm telling you right now, I, look, we're gonna be going going into the children's church. We're going to bring the children up here. We are going to speak. Do you know in the, in the communion, a huge part of communion is the affirmation of the father. After the communion is taken, the prophetic affirmation of the father, that's what brings in the heart of God to a church. And no longer will we be a church that neglects the order of the father heart of God. Do do you see like people, we we look at Acts and we're like, oh, signs, wonders and miracles or whatever. Yes, that's great. That's just the byproduct of Jesus being revealed through these essentials and through the right order. Amen? You see it. You see it. Okay, what's next? 
Oh my gosh. The lost elementary. So not only do we have the lost foundational principles of ministry, we also have the lost elementary principles of maturity. Hebrews 6. I feel, I feel like I'm preaching against myself tonight. Like some of you are new to celebration. You're like, hadn't you been pastor in this church for like 20 years? Like, aren't you supposed to know the Bible? You know, just thank God for Jesus. That's all I'm gonna say. Thank you. You know, you, you preach and teach what you know and how you've been taught and raised and, you know. I, I thank God for my mentors and, and men and women of God in my life, but um, it's a new time. There's a shift, it's a new time. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we've done church by any means, that we've done church wrong for 20 years. It's, it's, we're the same church, like I'm saying. We have the same mission. There's just a shift. It's a different time. It's a different season where God, I feel like the last season the church was in, we, we threw our nets out wide. Our nets are still going out wide. God restored a lot of the integrity in the church, you know, of, of being mission-based and getting out in the community and and, and serving the community and being, being relevant and all those kind of things. That was a beautiful time. And, and we, we still do those things, obviously. We're not negating those. We're, we're building on those. But this is a deepening. It's a different time. And if we just follow God's pattern, we are gonna see the greatest harvest of souls that we've ever seen, I believe, ever ever in the history of our lifetime. How many of you know Jesus knows how to save people? We, we, we can't be afraid of letting Jesus show up. I'm running out of time. Okay. I'm gonna let y'all out on time tonight. By the way, I wanna apologize for, my staff told me after Sunday I forgot to tell people to sit, sit down and y'all remained standing for like an hour and a half for two services. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm, I'm so sorry, but now I'm kind of proud of y'all. I'm kind of like, come on, people stand up for three hours at the Jags game. I'll be, I'll be the first one to stand up for three, four hours at, at, a, at a football game. But don't worry, that's not gonna happen. That's, or is that what some of y'all are thinking? Oh my gosh, please let the new order not be standing up for an hour and a half. Not gonna do that. I'll tell you what too, if you come to the 11.30, which is now the 11.45, so just keep coming at the time you've been showing up and you'll be on time. I gotta remember, sometimes, you know, God moves so powerfully in the 930 and I'm just, it's almost like the 1130 is a continuation and I forget like, no, there's new people here. All right, welcome people, you know, just anyway.
Okay, look at this. We'll, we'll do this one and then I, I'm, I'm gonna, we'll just. Look, therefore, look at this. <laughs> therefore, leaving the discussion of element, the elementary, you know, like elementary school, elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity. So look at these elementary principles. Not laying again the foundation of what? Repentance from dead works. How much have we been talking about repentance? Yes, you receive Jesus. Yes, you accept. There's repentance. I mean, there's receiving, there's acceptance, but man, repentance. Repentance is huge. Um, Faith towards God. Look, the doctrine of baptisms. The, the real meaning of water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism. Look at this one, laying on of hands. Wow, elementary, elementary. Why is that so important, Stovall? First of all, we need to stop asking that question first. The right question to say is, wow, that's powerful because God says it. So this is one thing, everything in the body of Christ is done relationally, everything. Okay, so if you're watching online, that's awesome. We know that watching online is a, is a great tool and blessing, but if you only, listen, church was never meant to only be experienced online. You need to come where there is flesh and blood. <laughs> Relationship, yeah? I'm not gonna get into that tonight, but that's very important. It's very important for fathering. It's very important for the prophetic. It's very important for affirmation, okay? Um, don't worry, this is not talking about being touch and feely. You're like, hey, come up here, let's touch you. Okay, it's not that. Look, resurrection of the dead, there's deeper things about that that aren't taught. And look, of eternal judgment. How many of y'all were in the 1130 last? Some of y'all at the 1130? So, so if you noticed when I was preaching, I did the altar call, you saw all the people come down. And then when I talked about eternal judgment, remember, and being sent outside the camp into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you see how many more people came forward? We can't appreciate what we're saved for until we can appreciate what we're saved from, okay? We, so, so, so I'm not gonna get into exactly what these six are, but these are gonna be in our growth track that we're doing, and we'll, we'll be talking about these. Okay, go, uh, keep going. Okay, the Lord's Supper, yeah, these, so these are some of these Essentials, the Lord's Supper, the fear of the Lord. Is that, this means go to the next slide. God's rest restoring the fear of the Lord to the church. You, you know why that's so important? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The church cannot walk in wisdom unless we know the fear of the Lord. So look at this. This is another version I'm expanding on Hebrews 6 with the Lord's uh, Supper, the fear of the Lord. Look, then how about this one? They went out and preached people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many people, anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. 
Okay, so every time, if Jesus shows up, I'm gonna get to this, when Jesus shows up, all right, um, Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our sanctifier. Jesus is our deliverer. And Jesus is our healer. You never see Jesus when you're looking at him in the gospels come to a place and be like, oh no, this meeting, this is only for salvation. Oh, this meeting, this is, no, this is all you people that are tormented, this is not for y'all, this is only for healing, okay? So why are we afraid to do that in a church? Well, we're afraid to do that in a church because for me, it's self-preservation. So it's, it's I don't wanna look charismaniac, I don't wanna look, I don't wanna be weird, people that are coming to, you know, they're just checking out the church. I don't, I, I used to think that's not, that'll be too scary or this is not the right environment. I'll never forget one night during the revival when God was telling me to do something and I was resisting it and I was, and I was talking in my head like, this is just not the right environment for that. And the Lord spoke to me and says, Stovall, whose environment is this? So here's what I know. Jesus wasn't weird and wherever he went, he healed people and delivered people and all that kind of stuff. So we're setting that in order in our church, okay, in a safe way, all right? And so I'm gonna talk about that as we close. Keep going. I don't have time. This is huge. I'm gonna talk about this Sunday. The lost meta-narrative and fullness of the covenant. This is the doctrine. When it talks about, if you want to, do, uh, what is a doctrine? A doctrine is a truth made up of several principles and precepts. So we have the doctrine of sanctification. Or we, you know, we have the doctrine of the atonement, things like that. The core doctrine of the entire Bible is covenant. It's the central truth to which all things hang on. So if you don't understand the meta-narrative from Genesis to Revelation, from the original Eden to the restoration of Eden and Revelations and how all these covenants play out, that's the whole thing. Jesus shows us his covenant. When you see the covenant, you see Jesus. When you see the fullness of the covenant, you see Jesus. When you see the covenant, you see Jesus. These are the roots that go down deep, 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 deep. I'm telling you, the day is coming where God's people, it's going to be like that oak planted by those streams. And I'm telling you, your roots are going to go down to the deepest well of living water. You've seen that thing. It's, it doesn't matter what storms are going on up here. That's not even affecting you because underneath your roots are like way, 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 way down. You're drinking up joy in the midst of pain. You're drinking up peace in the midst of chaos. You're drinking up power when everybody else is freaking out. I'm telling you the day is coming where God's people are going to experience the peace that only he gives, the joy that only only he gives. The things of this world are passing away and the kingdom of our God in Christ are coming. We'll talk about this Sunday. Go to number four. Let me have the uh, band come up. Let me have the, the worship team come up.
I think I've shell-shocked the worship team over the last few weekends. So think about this, watch. The lost foundational pillars of ministry, the lost elementary principles of maturity, the lost meta-narrative of the Bible, the central doctrine, and the lost New Testament ministry of Jesus. How many of you think if we recover those four things that we are gonna see the church walk in power and fullness? So let me show you this. Let me show you how this looks and this gets into our order of service. So our, our order of service, um, we did it tonight. There's gonna be a, word, a praise song. We're gonna come out, we're gonna do an exhortation uh, about praise. Also, we'll do an exhortation about giving because giving is a part of praise as you come in or as you go out with the boxes. And then we'll have praise and worship like we had tonight. Then, um, you know, we'll go to the ministry of the word. We're leaving things open for the prophetic during the time of worship and the word. And then when I finish preaching, um, many times we'll have an altar call pertaining to the message or people that need to give their lives to Jesus. And, uh, and then we'll have some announcements and a dismissal and a bl blessing. And then, um, you know, those who need to leave can go. That'll be like an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, the service will end. And then we'll have another 15 to 20 minutes of extended ministry time where these things will happen that I'm gonna show you right here. Okay, keep going. Does everybody see this diagram here? Okay. So look, this is what God, I, I, I don't have time to get into the whole story of how God showed me this and the steps that happened when he told me to build an altar and things that I didn't even know were gonna go on. But this is right out of the Passover. We all know what happened Passover night. Okay. So this is Exodus 6, 6 and 6, 7. And then also in 2 Corinthians, you don't have to go there. I just, I'll, we'll bring these up later, but I want to show you, this is the table of the Lord, the four cups. What were the disciples celebrating on the Passover night? Well, it was the, the exodus of God's people out of Egypt. Of course, Jesus is the fulfillment. He is our Passover lamb. But what this speaks of is covenant and those cups speak of freedom, sanctification, salvation, and praise. Okay, here's the thing. When, you, when we say, you know, the power of the cross, what does that mean? Well, the cross is also the altar where Jesus was sacrificed. And that altar and cross are also the table. Think of if you lay it down, there's the body and blood of Jesus. Do you see the cross, the altar, and the table are three components of the same thing. And that is the ministry of our loving and risen Savior through his blood and through his broken body. And that is what's gonna happen right here every single time we gather together as a church, amen? So, so I'm gonna pray and bless you guys and then um, here, here's what we're gonna have here tonight. So let me just real quickly, freedom, all right? This is, if you're tormented, if you need deliverance, if you need healing, okay? This is all about anything in your life. We talked about it. Last Sunday, it, it, listen, if you belong to Jesus, it is there illegally. 
and you come up and we're going to do exactly what the Bible says. We're going to anoint you with oil. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for you and you are going to be healed in Jesus name because that is part of your blessing and benefits of being in covenant with God. Sanctification. What is that? I want you to think sanctification means you are set apart. This is, is so awesome. This is the, the otherness of God. God brings his otherness to us. He sets us apart to him. So think about this. As you're growing in Christ, God convicts you of something. You need to lay something down. Maybe you drifted for a while. You need to c come and basically kind of like renew your vows, your covenantal vows to God. You, you, you feel the call of God. God's telling you that, you know, hey, you need to break this thing off or, or, or maybe you need to forgive someone. All those things are moments of sanctification where you're choosing God's will above your own and you're reminding yourself, God, I belong to you, not anybody else. And I'm going to come and set myself apart for you in this area. Amen can also be baptism of the Holy Spirit. Of course, there's salvation and repentance. And then there's also praise. Sometimes you just want to get alone with God. You want to pray. You want to praise him. You know, you just want that special touch from God. But this is what's going to be going on at our altar. Okay. There's no freedom people. Like this just shows you what's going on. Okay. There's no like, okay. All right, man, I'm tormented. Okay. Where's my spot? Let me see here. Okay. That's I'm going over here. Okay, wait, what? I just want to praise God. I better get out of what's going on over there, man. I'm going over here. Okay. It's, it's, it's not like that. Come on, we're a community, amen? We're a community of, of believers. So I want the worship team to come out. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. I do want to say this. You, you, you cannot, you are not allowed to come down here and pray for other people at this offer, at this altar, if you do not have the appropriate tag on, whether you're staff or you're one of our altar workers, unless it's your husband, wife, or your child, or you know what I'm saying, that listen, this thing is, is gonna explode and it will not get weird. And I'm telling you, we will protect this house. You follow me? So. You have to go through the proper protocol. If you're new to our church, then you need to get to our membership class. You need to go through the proper protocol and order and all that stuff of getting in ministry. The people up here that are praying with people, anointing people with all those are people that have been sanctioned by us to do the work of the ministry at this altar at this moment. Now we're gonna need a lot more people to do that, so you need to hurry up and join the church and you know, go through the appropriate channels. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.